It's me, it's me, it's the ROB mobbing once again with the man too cute for TV right here on Perched on the Top Rope. The following announcement has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. The DSH. Lee Walker, the Al Dorable One, Alex Tom, and former WWE writer Rob Hockman. You're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. I am the man too cute for TV, the adorable one, Alex Todd. Rob, how you doing tonight? Man, it is another Sunday. I hit a four-team football parlay, and if I could pick wrestling as good as I could pick football, man, I'd be retired. Fair enough. Now all we can hope is that uh, the Patriots beat Dallas tonight, and everybody will Let's go home so. happy. Everyone Let's will go home so. happy. That's right. <laughs> Alrighty, so a lot going on as usual in the world of professional wrestling this week. A lot of bad blood between some wrestlers on the internet this week, too. Um, they gotta give themselves something to talk about. I know, right? Uh, I guess we can take one of the biggest things right out of the bat. How about the words exchanged between Roman Reigns and CM Punk online this week? Yeah, um, you know, it, 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 you see them going back and forth, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, you know, the way I judge whoever whoever wins the, the little war of words is whoever wins in the ra- ratings. And if we take a look at this week, Tony Khan said, fear not, we're finally going to beat the big giant. And Tony, much like your football team, you fell way short. You actually were so short, you may have almost, and I do use the word almost because it's very hard to reach pack numbers. You almost reached impact numbers that's rough that's a rough time um in case any of you listening were not aware of what happened essentially uh during a Q&A, roman reigns was asked about the return of cm punk to professional wrestling and here's some quotes from the interview roman reigns goes on to say so i answered questions similar to this a while ago and it falls back to what our audience wants to see if our audience wants to see it and they're clamoring for it couldn't shut up about it and all the stars aligned as a businessman and a performer who was trying to seek out the very best for the audience and trying to captivate them i wouldn't say no but i mean on a personal level it doesn't do anything for me that's not going to elevate me at all he's older now i haven't seen a full match i've seen a clip or two and to me a step or two has been lost then also he got his ass whooped in UFC. So he also goes on to kind of rip apart a little bit of the AEW roster based on their size, saying that, you know, he could essentially rip all of them apart. I think part of it's a little bit of his animosity towards punk in real life. Cause you know, punk has gone on to say that Roman wasn't the original choice for the shield back in the day and that it was Chris hero. But um, I think part of it is also him playing into his character, but I mean, it really kind of stirred everybody up. Well, in, in, in response to what CM Punk initially had said about Roman, um, I think anyone listening 
uh, can agree that WWE did uh, fairly good for themselves by having Roman Reigns as the third member of the Shield. Um, I don't even know where the heck Chris Hero is these days. He's been brought back too many times and fired too many times. I think he's getting almost up there with me um, between getting brought back <laughs> and being fired. So, um, you know, I, I, I that that really doesn't really hold too much water. Um, but, you know, and, and, and likewise for Roman to go and attack CM Punk stab at, at the UFC, Hey, it takes, it takes one huge, huge set of gojones to step inside of a UFC ring, um, for anybody to do it. Um, and, and CM Punk tried it. Yeah, he didn't win, but, uh, there's a lot of guys out there that don't win. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's, it's tit for tat. It's, it's, you know, the two of them are going to go back and forth. It's sort of like when Jericho says things about WWE and likewise it, you know, at the end of the day, um, whoever's got more eyes on the prize. And, and in this case, that would be the product. Um, in my opinion is the winner and, and, you know, AEW can do all the trash talking they want, but if only a half a million people are watching your show, you know, if, if, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, did it, you know? Really uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the age old saying. And, and I think it holds true in this situation. You know, if, if AEW was pulling numbers, which I don't think will ever, ever, ever happen again, but if AEW was pulling numbers like nitro against WWE, then, then yeah, I, I, you know, CM Punk's words would hold some water, but when you're only pulling a half a million viewers and 1 million at best, you know, you could talk all the crap you want, but nobody's really listening. Absolutely. And I, I kind of touched on this with you last week. I think, you know, obviously no disrespect to AEW at all. Um, obviously they weren't going to beat SmackDown because SmackDown basically is the A show for WWE now, but the time slot that Rampage is in is not doing them any favors at all. I mean, like, yes, it's a good show. Anytime I tune into it, I'm not disappointed. But that, what is it, 10 o'clock time slot, it's it's brutal because it's a Friday night. People have gone and they've worked all day, so they either want to go to sleep or they want to go out and have fun with their friends. People aren't going to stick around until 10 p.m. to watch a show on a Friday night. And not only that, but now that the NHL season is is back in effect, yep. uh, TNT has signed a, a deal with the NHL. So therefore, you're going to see Wednesday nights take a, a dramatic turn uh, because for, for a while now, you're going to be seeing uh, AEW's Wednesday night show, Dynamite, now forced to be on Saturdays, um, which again, Saturday nights, you know, it's the weekend, people are out, it's going to be a lot of DVRing and a lot less live watching. Um, and that, you know, until we get through to January, where they switch over to TBS, it's, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for AEW, you right. know, and, it, and, and for the time being, until that switch happens, and until, you know, we start seeing uh, more normalcy, as far as knowing that every single Wednesday night, they're going to be on this particular channel. Uh, I think they should just basically keep their mouth shut um, and, and, you know, hope that, uh, that you survive the, the hurricane that is coming right now. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult time for them. But I also, I feel like they probably, they must have known 
that this was going to be a rough time for them because of all the sports that were going to be on TV because of, you know, the, the days of when AEW is airing changing, but at the same time, it's very, for like a, a casual viewer to watch, it's very hard to keep track of what weeks they are on Wednesday and they're on Saturday. Like I pay attention to AEW somewhat regularly, I didn't know that this week's dynamite was moved to Saturday until I went to try and watch it on Wednesday and nothing was on. So like even, even somewhat regular watchers, like it's hard to keep track of that every week. Oh, definitely. And, and, you know, the funny thing to go off of what you just said, AEW is actually coming here to Orlando um, next week. And I wanted to go. The only problem is like you, um, I found out that, well, it's going to be on Saturday here in Orlando. And unfortunately, or fortunately for, for us here at Perched on the Top Rope, where are you going to be in Albany uh, with the Ultimo Dragon uh, and, and uh, Sonny Ono at the Showcase of Legends 5, um, which is going to be up in Albany on Saturday. So unfortunately, I can't be in two places at once. Uh, I'm going to go where the bread is buttered, and I'm going to be at the live Showcase of Legends event um, next Saturday. So yeah, going back to what you were just saying, Alex, I would have loved to have gone on a Wednesday night. Um, you know, I get out early enough that I can, I could have actually made it down to where they're, they're going to be filming it. But unfortunately, you know, they moved to Saturday. So, right. And instead of you being with them and they're in uh, your neck of the woods, you're going to be up in my neck of the woods up in Albany, New York. It's going to be a fun time. Can't wait to see Ultimo and Sonny. Um, Speaking of wrestlers having some beef this week, we've also started to see some rumblings of Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey going at it online. Once again, haven't seen this in a while. Both women have been out of action. Ronda Rousey for a few years now. Becky Lynch having a child. Ronda Rousey recently also having a child. But, you know, it just seems like the two of them never really forget to take a chance to talk some trash to each other online. And in this case, it was along the lines of uh, Becky basically commenting on Ronda Rousey giving birth recently and telling her to never come back to the ring again. Nobody really knows if Ronda's under contract anymore, if she is still with the company or not. But uh, I mean, is this their way of trying to slowly work her back in? Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is this is the age old uh, additive of throwing something out there and let's see what sticks. Uh, the, the mere fact that we're talking about it means there's a lot of other people talking about it. And and yeah, Rhonda, it's going to take Rhonda, you know, probably, uh, you know, a, a, a bit of time. Give it six months or so to, to not only, uh, you know, embrace the fact that she just had a child, but also to get her body into working gear, working shape. Um, you know, that is a, a very huge task, especially when you haven't been doing it for two years. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't look to see her until possibly a, a WrestleMania uh, moment, if you will. But um, yeah, I, I, I think Rhonda, if Rhonda can truly get over the fact that some people are going to cheer and some people are going to boo and you got to deal with that, um, then yeah, I, you know, then, then I think she'll definitely be back, but you know, she was going through that period of time in the very end, right before she left where, you know, she was doing a lot of these videos and she was trying to get a lot of heat on herself because I, I don't think she really knew how to adjust to being the bad guy, if you will. Um, you know, wherever she was, she was, uh, adored and, and cheered. You know, whether it was her UFC career 
or early in WWE, she was adored and cheered. Then, as wrestling fans tend to do, they get tired with something and then they just turn on it like a bad habit. So, you know, if she can get past that and realize this is entertainment and this is not, um, you know, this is not real life, I think she'll be fine. And, and I think we'll see her back, you know, sometime next year. Absolutely. Once again, couldn't agree more. I, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to pick Ronda Rousey as the dark horse to win the women's Royal Rumble is coming up here. I think that would be a perfect moment to reintroduce her. You have her come in literally at like number 30. It can work whether she's a baby face or a heel. You have her come in at number 30. She doesn't spend too much time in the ring. She wins, gives her more time to train between then and Mania, and she faces whoever the champion is. Well, the only problem with, with the Royal Rumble scenario is this. You're going to hear the largest groans or or the the air is going to get sucked out of the building during the royal rumble if she in fact is number 30 and and that music hits uh to bring her to the ring you're just because everyone's just going to know what the what the whole setup is then at that point right Um, but you know again if she's in working condition if she's in working shape that is one of the perfect places to bring her i feel like the only way she doesn't get booed at that point is if charlotte flair is the only one left in the rumble yeah, yeah. Do what they Very do with true. you know they do it with Roman almost almost yearly now. Uh, up until his his tribal chief persona, they use that that formula with Roman Reigns almost every year. You put Roman in as the last person, everyone groans because they think he's going to win, and then you have the actual winner throw Roman over, and he they he gets cheered every single time. It happened with Nakamura, Drew McIntyre, um, Randy Orton. Just to name a couple, you know, they, they sent Roman out last, making everybody think that he's going to win. And then that way, whoever wins actually gets cheered. And I could see them using Charlotte Flair for the same effect. Well, but, and in, in that situation, also, you, you don't want to find yourself in a, in a Bautista situation. Uh, I felt I still feel so bad for Dave. <laughs> I, I was I was one of the few people back in 2014 when that happened that was actually excited for his return. Like, don't get me wrong, like the Daniel Bryan thing was going on at that time, and I was I was hyped for it, but I was always a Batista fan growing up. Uh when I restarted watching wrestling, Batista was one of the guys that caught my interest. And when he came back in 2014, I was genuinely excited. And I was one of the few people that was okay with him running the rumble. However, the kind people of Pennsylvania were not. And, and, you know, we, nobody knows what's going to be going on during that, that time period of the Royal rumble. If there is a female who is gaining momentum, is gaining that heat, Mm. um, and the fans are clamoring for that particular talent to be the one to move on. That's when you're going to get the the turn, right? And the fans are going to crap all over it. Uh, you know, if they want, let's just say Alexa Bliss to right. be the one to go against Becky Lynch, um, or or uh, Bianca Belair, the EST. You know, if if the fans get it fixed in their mind that this is who they want, and then the WWE comes in as only WWE can and pulls the rug out from under you and sticks in Ronda Rousey, you're going to get crapped on. As Lee would like to say, ladies and gentlemen, WWE is going to WWE. That's it. But we'll see. Royal Rumble still quite a time away. Uh, it is fun to start talking about. It's probably my pay- favorite pay-per-view of the year. Um, maybe we're getting a babyface Ronda taking on a heel Becky Lynch. Who knows? I don't know. But 
Anyways, uh, another big thing that happened this week, we kind of had some closure to any of you that have been paying attention to the whole uh, DiBiase family situation. Long story short, um, essentially, what was it? Ta- did they consider it tax fraud or was it just f- fraud yeah. in general? Misrepre- misappropriation of funds. Of funds. Yeah. And basically, the DiBiase family now owes millions of dollars back to uh, their home state in, in welfare funds. I think it's something like Ted Jr. owes like 3.8 something million dollars. Um, Ted Sr. I think owes like 700 million or something like that. Like a lot. Yeah, no, Ted, Ted, Ted DiBiase, uh, the million dollar man. Right. Uh, got slapped with two and a half, okay. uh, two and a half to $3 million. Mm-hmm. He was, he was receiving funds from Ted Jr. For speaking engagements that he never completed. Okay. Um, and then the other DiBiase, right. not Ted Jr., but the other one, he owes 700,000. And then my good friend, Teddy Jr., from infamous One Life Insurance, um, it's a company in in uh, I want to say it's Alabama. Um, I I did a little bit of work with them, mm-hmm. uh, and they turned out to be a very 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 shoddy promotion, a very shoddy company. And guess who their CFO or or COO was? Teddy Jr. So um, it's. You know, they the the age old thing, and we're we're using this term a lot these you know this this week. Uh, karma is a bitch, and <laughs> Teddy Jr., you got it. Um, you know the sad thing is here's how here's how the law works in this country. You can you can get a judgment uh, against me for anything you want, but it, uh, as the saying goes, you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. And therefore, if they were smart enough to know where to put whatever they had and hit it really well, you can get away with paying pennies on the dollar uh, each month until eventually there's a time period that each state has to collect on those those funds. And uh, when it doesn't, when they can't collect on it any longer, it goes as bad debt and a judgment against you. So basically, you know, it's it's like a fart in church. Damn. Yeah, I, I believe the only actual significant repercussions aside from that in this whole situation is I think Brett... The, uh, the other brother, I think he actually ended up having to do some jail time out of this, if I remember correctly, or was charged with uh, like a felony or something like that. He got some actual criminal charges against him out of the whole situation, I believe. And, and so did Ted Jr. Yeah, right. Ted Jr. did as well. Um, but again, you know, after a certain amount of time, you can you 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 are granted probation. You are granted uh, the opportunity for a pardon um, and. In, in wherever they are in their states, I'm sure they know all of the political hands to Greece. So when it becomes time for a political pardon, people like yourself and I wouldn't get it, but they probably will. Ah, that's the difference between the rich and the not so rich, my friend. Very true. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Rough, rough situation. Um, hopefully they do the right thing. Who knows? We'll see how it happens. You know, celebrities tend to get out of things, like you said, a little a little easier than the everyday man like you and I. Uh, Rob, I want to get your opinion on another big thing that happened this week. We saw that 
Buddy Matthews, formerly known as Buddy Murphy, in November is going to be making his New Japan Pro Wrestling return. I believe when we played the game of where will they end up, you and I gave two answers. Uh, I believe we both said it was going to be either Impact or New Japan that Buddy was going to go to. How does it feel knowing that we were right? We were right on both accounts because not only did he go to Impact, but he's now he's also going to go to New Japan. It's a it's a great relationship that that New Japan has has started to strike with the under companies, the non WWE companies, if you will. Mm. Um, you know, the sad thing is the one thing you're seeing, uh, at least on the AEW side of of that sort of a deal, is any of the Japanese talent that they're bringing in. They are just beating you know, hand over fist time after time after time. Um, eventually that's going to wear thin with the new Japan, uh, uh, people over in new Japan, just ask Sonny Ono. He'll be the first one to tell you. Um, hopefully, you know, impact, uh, doesn't do the exact same thing. I know they have Minoru Suzuki coming up. He's going to be appearing. Finn Juice was the tag team champion. So that that's a little better. Yep. So, you know, hopefully that starts uh, something of a nice relationship with Impact. I'd like to see Impact pick back up, you know, and, and start running uh, with the ball once again. I, I know they're running TV, but I want them to pick up and run with the ball. You'll have listeners that will say they are running. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> let's get over the five view, uh, five viewers each week. Uh, other than that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I it, you know. A lot of these main guys for you and I, when we played that game, it wasn't really hard for us to, to pick again. You know, I know we mentioned it last week, the biggest shocker for me, unless obviously this is a similar deal to the way WCW and new Japan had it uh, back in the day is the icon, the inspiration rather uh, formerly the iconics going to impact. If it's the same way that, impact and AEW have their deal worked out the same way WCW New Japan did. Um, you know, AEW will assume the the brunt of the uh larger end contracts and impact will absorb the blow of the of the smaller end contracts. And we're talking dollar wise, not talent wise, but dollar wise. That's fair. Um yeah, because I was gonna say when we played that game, I believe you you thought that they were going to go to AEW, correct? Well, yeah, because yeah. Uh, Cassie's husband is is Sean Spears. Right. So the only it makes perfect sense. Right. The only reason I, when we had played that game, that I went with Impact Wrestling was because, um, and, you know, I believe, too, I don't remember at the time when we did that if they had the partnership yet, if the two companies did. But uh, I, the only reason I had went with Impact Wrestling was because of the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. I know how important it is for Jesse and Cassie to be a unit on television, at least for right now. Like they, you can clearly see that is still their plan is to say as a unit. And AEW doesn't have a women's tag team division yet. I'm, I'm sure they will in time, but currently they don't. So I feel like that was the one thing that kind of swerved them more over to Impact. But at the same time, you know, they have the opportunity to get those tag team titles, but they can also appear on AEW if they want to. And I'm sure that's in the back of their minds as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, maybe once they do win those those impact uh, tag team titles um, for the women's division, similar to Gallows and Anderson, they can always show up on AEW with the belts and just not have to do anything necessarily with them, but be that annoying pain in the ass that they were in WWE, which got them over so well. 
that we know and love. <laughs> <laughs> I've said this to Lee a million times. They were my favorite women's act in that company. So I don't think you'll find many people aside from the three of us here at Perched on the Top Rope that are more excited for this debut. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't wait. And again, that 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 also is going to be this Saturday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's this Saturday, the 23rd. Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited for Bound for Glory. It's it's going to be a fun show. You know, we've got also Christian Cage defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Josh Alexander. There's the Call Your Shot Battle Royal where uh, William Morrissey, formerly known as Big Cass and Moose, are like this cohesive destroying unit right now basically like walking armageddon uh they're kind of going through everybody right now and there's just there's so much to look forward to this pay-per-view jesse and cassie are going to be taking on um decay for the knockouts tag team titles i think luke gallows and carl anderson are still looking for opponents they're still there's a storyline going into it i'm not sure what exactly is going to happen there's been a lot of hints that they may actually be facing the bullet club for the tag team titles so that'll be interesting to see them take on the team that they basically helped they they built so uh, i think this this is going to be a good pay-per-view i won't be surprised if we do see that debut of buddy murphy on Saturday as well for impact wrestling, because it's, it's been on Scott DeMore confirmed it on camera that they signed him. So uh, I, I expect him to show up too. And who knows, maybe we'll see Braun Strowman. I don't know. I know it's going to be, <laughs> I know it's going to be a fun pay-per-view though. And I'm excited. And also if you guys want to go take a look on our YouTube page, Lee was on with the impact uh, press pass earlier this week he spoke with D'Lo Brown he spoke with Carl Anderson and he spoke with Doc Gallows got their opinions on some things regarding Bound for Glory the inspiration and many more and you can check that out on YouTube yeah absolutely and and I I couldn't agree with you more I'm really looking forward to the Bound for Glory uh pay-per-view yeah I think this is the most talk and most steam it's had behind it in some years now but uh you know impact we talk about it all the time There's another company that uh, has been making some waves recently, specifically their world champion, Trevor Murdoch, the NWA world's heavyweight champion, kind of spoke his mind this week and spoke about how he believes that the NWA could be in for an even bigger comeback within the next five years. And he fully expects the show to be on a major network within five years. Rob, what do you think? Well, it's it's good to have lofty goals. Um, we we have we we here at Perched on the Top Rope have lofty goals. I know I know you and Lee have set a lot of goals um, that that we continue to break and shatter each and every week, which is awesome. Um, you know, we continue to to be one of the most downloaded podcasts um, on Chartable uh, in in several different countries, not just here in the United States. Heads up. And, and shout out to Canada and India and the UK for putting us in the top 100. So that's Absolutely. awesome. Um, but yeah, it's good to have goals. I just don't know how many networks, r- legit real networks, are out there that want to give valuable airtime to professional wrestling. It's right. very difficult. Um, you know, we don't have WWOR anymore. Uh, which, which for the New York people was Channel Nine, but it was where WWF would always be on. We don't have those 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 luxuries anymore. They're all bought up by major major companies, and I don't know how many of them are going to give you that valuable time. You know, recently we saw that that the new company 
well, it's not necessarily new, but it's it's reemerging uh, women of wrestling. Uh, the oh, yeah. wow company mm-hmm. um and and aj lee is going to be a part of that so congratulations to her um you know they were they were invested in by cbs i don't know if you're actually going to see them on cbs or if it, that's going to be a, an app thing with paramount paramount plus which is the cbs app um you know i i, I don't know but i don't know that you're going to tune in Mondays at eight o'clock to watch uh, women of wrestling on CBS. I just don't think they're going to give that valuable airtime. And that goes for the NWA as well. I'd love to see it because I do like the NWA product. Um, you know, and I think they've got the right mix of young talent and, and um, older talent in uh, uh, that, you know, recognizable talent um, mm-hmm. that make the show really, really good. Um, shout out to Melina. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah, that, that's that's the you know I'd love to see it. I just don't know that it will it will come to fruition. But again, he set a five year goal for it, so it's good to have lofty goals. Right. If you don't have lofty goals, then you're 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 not shooting for anything, and 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 you're basically just spinning your wheels. So yeah, good for Trevor Murdoch. That's why not think he's it. why not think that that your company has the opportunity to do that? Absolutely. You know, I feel like if you don't believe in your company that way then what are you even fighting for you know um as far as networks that may or may not want to have wrestling on it and then this is just in a fantasy world what if spike tv decided they wanted wrestling on tv again that's the biggest one i could think of out of you know out of like big major networks that would give major viewers you know spike tv hasn't had pro wrestling since they dropped TNA, now known as Impact Wrestling years ago, when they found out that Vince Russo was working for them. Um, but I mean, the only issue I thought of with that is, you know, wrestling shows that have been on Spike TV in the past tend to have a little more edge, a little more like a, a raunchiness, I would say, more like a TV 14 type feel, you know, like an Attitude Era type feel. And I almost, I just don't know if they would be interested in NWA because NWA is more of a throwback to like the, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s style of wrestling. Well, I knew you were going to say spike once, right when you <laughs> first started talking, but, and here's the, here's the one thing that, that makes me wonder about spike is I don't even know where it is on my TV anymore. Um, if we go back way, 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 way back when raw was on there, Okay, we're talking many, many moons ago. It was around the same channel as the USA Network. So it was very easy to find. A lot of these channels that a lot of these wrestling companies are on, Impact, uh, NWA, if they were to go to Spike TV, I don't know what channels these are. Um, If I don't have my thing, my DVR set to uh, record, I would not know how to find impact each and every week. The way I, I get to watch impact each and every week is I go to my DVR and it shows me that it's recorded different impact episodes. Um, some are previous pay-per-views and then you have your weekly episode. Right. And I know that they, they air on, on Thursdays. So I know Fridays I could go to my DVR and, and it'll be there. But if you asked me, put a gun to my head and ask me what channel access TV is, I couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't no tell you. I'm lucky. I remember that vice tv is 271 but even that 
um, and that's for DirecTV. But even that I have set uh, for DVR because I love watching the, the, the dark side of the ring over ah, and over. So, you know, that's why I DVR that. But again, that's a hard one. You know, and Vice would be another channel that the mm-hmm. NWA could possibly go to. True. Um, you know, Vice would Vice has uh, MLW now, right. uh, which which had a great opening show. So, you know, but <clears throat> again, that's another channel. Like I was just saying that it doesn't flow off the top of your of your tongue. I'm sure if I said to you what channel is is USA when you have to watch. Uh, Monday Night Raw, you can rattle it off the top of your head because it's just been ingrained in you that this is the channel that for for 25 years Monday Night Raw has been on. If I said to you, what channel is Fox for you? You know exactly what channel Fox is, you know, in your neck of the woods or anything Mm -hmm. else is wherever they may live. For me, it's 35. Um, So, you know, you you, you have certain things that you're ingrained in. You know where it is. I, I, with some of these higher cable network show channels, I don't know that it would necessarily pull in the viewership and, you know, and, and that goes back all jokes aside with regard to impact. I think part of problem that impact has with its viewership is exactly that a lot of people don't know where access TV is. Absolutely. And, and a big part of it is so for us up here, um, spectrum is like the main cable provider that we use up here in new york and access tv isn't even included in the regular cable package so like there's like there's like the cable packages where you get like the couple channels and then there's like the basic one where you get like the uh like channels like one or two whatever it starts at to like i want i want to say it's like somewhere in the 200s and access tv isn't even in between those so up here, if you have a regular basic cable package, if you want to watch Impact Wrestling, you have to order the channel and buy the, the extra channel through your cable company in order to get it. And at that point, I'm sorry, I'm just going to stream it for free online. That's And that's the thing. I, I think that's where, you know, the huge disconnect is for, you know, and will be for a lot of these companies. If, think about this for a moment, if AEW didn't have TNT and TBS behind them. Do you think they would even be drawing the numbers that they would, despite the talent that they have, if they were on a Spike TV or an Access TV or a Vice TV? I don't think they would. I think people are ingrained in, oh, TNT. Okay, I know what channel that is because that's everybody gets TNT, everybody right. gets TBS. It's an easy channel. In a situation like exactly what you're talking about, you don't get it. You'd have to pay extra for it. So nine out of 10 people are going to go, oh, screw that. I'm not going to pay for it. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I basically ever since Impact Wrestling went off of uh, Destination America, because I was even able to find that ever since they left Destination America, it's been almost impossible to watch the show. And it's a shame because I feel like that's where their viewership really went down. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, all we can do is hope that eventually at some point they can get into a better spot on cable television same with the NWA, if they can get picked up by a cable network television provider that is in that area. But, you know, we're sitting here, we're talking about NWA, we're talking about Impact, we're talking about New Japan, we're talking about all of these companies outside of WWE. They all have something in common that all of these companies could be a landing spot for current free agent Wyndham Rotunda, known as Bray Wyatt. 
And this week, we heard a little more of the details as to what went down between Bray Wyatt and WWE that led to his release. There was reports of Bray being difficult to work with and having issues with his weight. I want to kind of get your thoughts on that as well, Rob, because for me, I feel like his weight was starting to look the best it has the entire time he's been with the company. So I I don't know. Well, when it comes to the comments about a talent's weight, or their, their appearance or their look, it always goes back to Vince wanting his wrestlers to be of a certain look. Um, for men, it's the Hulk Hogan type of a look. And when I say that, I mean the chiseled, ripped body. Roman Reigns is the ideal look. Um, Braun Strowman. Now, if you've seen recent pictures of Braun Strowman, that is the look, right? Um, you know, not that he wasn't, uh, you know, decent looking or, 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 or um, a, a great physical specimen in WWE. But to, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google his recent pictures and just see how jacked he is now. Um, you know, take a look at a Drew McIntyre then and now take a look at Jinder Mahal then and now. You know, they look like scrawny, you know, 100 pounds soaking wet kids when they first started. And now they've been fired. And now when they came back, look how jacked up they are. Um, you know, that is the look and feel. Bray never had that look and feel. He just was not going to have that look and feel. He preferred um, a few frosty cold ones over, you know, the, the GNC milkshakes. So. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that if you can get away with it. Um, you know, the other problem with the weight, and this could be, you know, in, in with them talking to doctors and things like that, if Bray was having different physical problems, knees, back, things like that, that were a constant little tweaking and a constant little ailment, it goes back to your physical condition. And, you know, that could be a, another reason too why they were very uh, disappointed with him is because if I tell you, you got to lose, you know, 50 pounds and get in better shape, otherwise you're going to constantly be tweaking your knee uh, and you don't do it, then, then you're, you're ultimately going to be of no service to me. Um, so that, you know, I think goes along with it there. I think he's a, a, he's a tremendous mind for the business. Um, he's another one of these ones that is that, that the wheels turn 500 paces faster than everybody else is, mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to wrestling. So he's a great mind to have around and, you know, for that reason alone, I think he'll do very well um, in a company like AEW where he can contribute um, and he'll have a little bit more free reign. I think the problem becomes, again, if that's the case, now we've got yet another superstar that we've got to find to be able to squeeze in a small window of, of two hours on one night, one hour the next. Um, you know, it... it, it there's only there's only so many minutes in a TV show and and, you know, we're constantly running out of I mean, what are we going to do? Stick him in the broadcast booth with CM Punk because we can't have CM Punk wrestle every single week. I you know, there's only so, so many places you could put him. And for that reason alone, I still and I say this regularly, I believe that Rampage has to at some point become a two hour show. 
I think it will. I think, I think though, they do need to get solid footing on their ratings. Right. Um, you know, you're not going to give somebody extra, an extra hour of valuable TV time. If you're pulling in 500 to 700,000 viewers, it's just not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, but if they could stay consistent at one, one and a half million, I don't see why they wouldn't have the two hours. But I also think if you are going to give them the two hours, you've got to bring that time down mm-hmm. from 10 o'clock. You can't be you can't be going at 10 o'clock at night. I know exactly why they are 10 o'clock at night. It's because they're trying to milk off of the SmackDown crowd that while you're in that wrestling mode, click the dial as soon as you're done and go right to, um, you know, AEW. If I was AEW and if I was in the marketing room, I would actually make sure I spent top dollar on airing a commercial advertising uh, rampage on the final commercial break of SmackDown every single week. Be smart. You know, it, it, it would cost a pretty penny, but our friend Tony Khan says he's got more money than God, so it really wouldn't matter. Um, and when he's got more money than Vince, then he can do basically whatever he wants. That would be how you get over a million, million and a half viewers because everyone that's watching SmackDown will now be reminded, oh, shit, let me turn the channel to this other company. Right, because you'll find a ton of people that didn't even watch AEW didn't know what they were, you know, the casual fans. And that's also how you kind of turn casual fans into hardcore fans, too. You know, you show them that, hey, there is more out there than just WWE. That was me for TNA when I was growing up. I just happened to be flipping through the channels and saw Christian Cage out of nowhere. And I'm like, this isn't Raw or SmackDown. But, you know, that's that's kind of how you get these people hooked and you get them to become fans for possibly life. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, absolutely. I just, it's, it's a rough situation because, you know, there's wrestling on every single day of the week now. And we spoke about how this was a good thing before, but it also becomes troubling when you're in a rough time slot and you're trying to figure out where to put another show. And also by time. Friday, you're burnt out. Yeah. That by Friday, you're burnt out on wrestling. You know, you, you, you get the wind and the, and the life kicked out of you on a Monday night because Raw is, well, Raw. Um, and then you go through the progression of, of the week with all the wrestling that you have, if you were to watch every single show. And then by Friday, it's like, oh, it's finally coming to an end. It's like it's almost like Thanksgiving dinner. That final, that final plate, the final ser- uh, meal is finally coming, and it's like, oh, I've got no more room to put anything. <laughs> <clears throat> That's what Friday night wrestling is becoming. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and sadly for, for uh, AEW, Rampage is, is that final serving, that final, final serving, because, you know, if you had a bad SmackDown, nobody wants to watch. And if you had a decent SmackDown or a really good SmackDown, people want to end on a high and they may still turn it off and not watch. So, right. you know, I, I think they just have to get that time slot changed. Um, it, it, I know, like I said, I know why they have the time slot, but they're not uh, capitalizing on being able to purchase commercial time from uh, Fox. I almost think if um, so, this wouldn't work until after Dynamite switches over to TBS, but I, I almost think that maybe once Dynamite switches over to TBS and they're back in that Wednesday, permanent Wednesday time, I almost wonder if it would do Rampage justice to switch to like maybe like an eight or nine o'clock time slot on Saturday nights. And the only reason I say that is because TNA, once upon a time, before they were on on Wednesdays or Thursdays, TNA was a Saturday night show and they did pretty well in viewership 
forced. They, I think they were on spike at the time. They did pretty well for viewership for a Saturday night. So I almost wonder if that would work. But the only problem there is that sometimes AEW runs pay-per-views on Saturday. Well, if, if, if I'm AEW for uh, the Rampage show, I want to go on Thursday. Yeah. I want to go on Thursday for a couple of reasons. Number one, the problem with Friday and Saturday is it's the weekend, like we talked about earlier. So a lot of people are going to just, they're going to have plans. It's, it's right. just a way of life. If you have it on Thursday, if you have a, a wrestling show or a TV show that you want to get viewers eyes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are the days to have it on because everyone is forced to stay home because you have to get up for work the next day. So you're not going to be doing anything crazy nine out of 10 times. Um, you know, but that, that would be, I would move it to Thursday because then you still have the push from, from dynamite the night before, you know, make sure you tune in tomorrow night. And make it a two-hour show. You definitely are going to need the two hours. But I don't know that um, I would go off. I would. I, I don't know that I would go on to a Saturday. Too many other things could happen. UFC pay-per-views, like you said, AEW pay-per-views. Right. Um, anybody else? And if and and you know, push comes to shove. WWE want you want to piss WWE off. They have the network, and they could just arbitrarily decide to start putting pay-per-views on Saturdays. Because I tell you what, the, the, the SummerSlam pay-per-view that was on Saturday did a heck of a lot better uh, viewer-wise, number-wise, than pay-per-views that are aired on Sundays. Because the pay-per-views aired on Sundays, people got to get up for work on, on Monday. They may, you know, be, be inclined to catch it at a later time, whereas Saturday it was perfect timing for them. I, I actually believe, I think uh, the Saudi Arabia show, which is, is it this weekend? This weekend or next? It's this, it's this, this weekend, Thursday. Right? Yeah, it's oh, it's Thursday. 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 It's Thursday. a Thursday. Oh, yeah. I, it's I a Thursday that. at 1 o'clock. I mean, you're, you're either in work, school. I mean, uh, uh, you know, that's, right. that's not a lot of people are going to be watching it live. Well, I brought that up, though, because I know in the past, before the pandemic, when they did those Saudi shows, they <laughs> did them during, like, Saturday afternoons. And they didn't do, do, they didn't do too bad as far as uh, network viewership. So that was the only reason I brought that up because I guess, you know, Saturday can be a hot, but it's, it's very hit, hit or miss, I feel like, on Saturdays. But then, you know, once again, we just run into the issue of whether or not that affects impact. But either way, that's not our problem to figure out. AW, uh, each, each and every wrestling company needs to, needs to worry about each and every wrestling company's own business. Right. So, you know, going off of what you just said, AEW can't look at it and go, well, we can't move to Thursdays because of impact. They have to go and do what's going to be best for them. Right. Same way impact has to do what's best for them. Same way WWE has to do what's best for them. I think WWE and AEW right now are getting caught up in the too much looking over their shoulder and worrying about what the other guy is doing than worrying about, you know, how can I improve my product? Well said, well said. Well, I'm going to change gears here. I want to talk about probably the funniest damn thing I heard in wrestling this week. I'm sure you heard about it. I know Lee's heard about it. Have you heard about the words from one Bret Hart this past week? <laughs> I, <laughs> I have not, but, but please enlighten us because Bret always brings some interesting wisdom to the table. So... Brett was basically, <clears throat> from my understanding, there was an interview that he had taken part of in the last week. And I don't entirely know what led to him talking about this, but it, he started essentially going on a rant 
about how when they used to be in the locker rooms uh, back in the day when he was wrestling for WWF, they always had like these big either he said either whiteboards or chalkboards. And I feel like, you know, typically what you would see with like right by like Gorilla, you know, the kind of has like the match cards planned out for the night. And he also said that they were they were in the locker rooms, too. Well, he would take it upon himself when people were either changing or out during a match and they weren't around to draw certain members of the roster, um, male or female, having orgies. Because why wouldn't Bret Hart do that? You know, he is a good artist. He's he's something. But it, it's sometimes I wonder, no disrespect to him, sometimes I wonder if Brett's starting to get a little little seat out because he goes on these rants about these the weirdest things in these interviews these days. Well, he always used to be like that. I can remember doing shows and stuff with Brett and it would be after the, the show was done and we'd be back in the hotel room and someone would, would bring out um, um, some extracurricular activities and he would, he would partake in a little bit of that. And then the stories would start to fly. Um, and the more, uh, the more of the party favors that were distributed, the better the stories continued to get. So, um, you know, Brett's always been like that. And, and, you know, I wasn't kidding before. If you've ever seen Brett, he's done some illustrations for like comics and things like that, similar to like Jerry Lawler. Um, And, and he is a good artist. Um, And, you know, boys being boys in the back, I, I would have loved to have seen some of those illustrations because I'm sure they were pretty funny. Yeah. And I'm sure and so. I'm sure if it if it was back in the if it was back in, in the heyday, um, you can bet that there was somewhere out there a Shawn Michaels Sonny uh, <laughs> illustration that was put on a whiteboard. And and if he was and if he was actually true to himself, he could he could reimagine the the um, speaking of orgies, the uh, participate, the participation he had in the Shawn Michaels on one end, him on the other and Sonny in the middle before Chris Candido walked in on both of them. He can claim he never touched her all he wants. Um, So. You know, um, so if he wants to illustrate things, there's I'm sure there's a ton he could illustrate. Absolutely. I'm going to just read off a couple of quotes off of the post that Lee had put up on Facebook. Um, These these are the quotes from the interview. And I'm just going to read off a couple of them because it's it's pretty funny. And, you know, we talk a lot of news and rumors, but like this is just this is some humor. This is funny. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, So this was at a virtual signing for High Spot Superstore. Brett goes on to say, I remember drawing a lot of the wrestlers on the blackboard in the locker room. I used to draw wrestlers and orgies and stuff on the blackboard. Really, it was out of boredom. In the beginning, nobody knew it was me. So I just draw this big orgy on the blackboard and all these sexual positions and stuff. It was just to make the guys laugh. No one knew it was me. I'd be getting dressed and there'd be a big orgy on the board. And people were like, who did that? And he just (laughs) said, I don't know. And yeah, you got to wonder if Brett was maybe the start of Owen becoming such a huge river in the business, because, you know, a lot of people, many people have gone on to say that Owen is probably the biggest river in history of the business. And I I almost got to wonder if he learned half of his shit from Brett. 
Oh, absolutely. You learn everything from your older brother and, and um, you know, you, you get to see what they get away with and, and you try and do it that much better. Um, so, yeah, 100 percent. And, and, you know, everybody, if they if you ever get around the boys and, and they really want to be honest with you, they could tell you some good ribs and some good stories um, on on any brand, whether it's WCW, WWF, WWE, AEW. I'm sure it still goes on. Um you know, and and lots of times they won't tell you the stories because they they're so out there that uh, you know that you, nowadays you got to be you got to be careful the stories you tell. Um, you know, i.e., uh, Ric Flair and the helicopter. So yeah, that's that's a rough one. That's Rick really hasn't been heard of too much since then. No, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping um, uh, of all hopes that he still makes the appearance this Saturday, um, this coming Saturday at, at Showcase of Legends. He's scheduled to be there uh, with Ultimo Dragon and Sonny Ono. And, and like we said earlier, a host of other talent, he, he being one of the main ones. And I'm excited to see Rick, you know, a lot of these guys, as they get up in age, you, you never know when your number is going to get called by the big guy upstairs. And so therefore, you know, I, I really want to get to see Rick again. Um, and and have you know get a couple signatures and a photo with them and stuff like that and maybe um, a couple drinks too if you're lucky and maybe a couple drinks they they tell me that the uh the lodge that we are staying at where everyone is going to be um there is a a restaurant and a bar there but again it is not the marriott it is not the four seasons it is not a hilton uh it is not even close they don't have those up in albany um apparently so uh, we're going to hope that the, uh, I don't even remember off the top of my head, the name of it, but we're all staying there. And it, and if it, if it is a, a seedy looking restaurant slash bar, I'm sure there will be even more stories to tell. Absolutely. And you'll, you'll hear more about that from us later on. But uh, speaking of signings, Rob, here's your time. Take it away. Well, like we were just talking about, this coming Saturday, October 23rd, Showcase of Legends 5 in Albany, New York, Ultimo Dragon, Sonny Ono, Ric Flair, uh, uh, who else is there? Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, mm-hmm. um, just to name a few off the top of my head. I know uh, the great John Moxley has been called to duty for the Saturday AEW show, so unfortunately he will not be making the trip, um, but... You know, all the other uh, guys and gals are going to be there. Charlie Caruso from mm-hmm. WWE fame is going to be there. Um, so a whole host of legends. Showcase of Legends 5 in Albany, New York. Uh, Facebook it. Google it. Um, come out and see us. Perched on the top rope is going to be there. We've got our banners. We've got everything made. We are excited to see everybody. So come on out and talk to us. So that's going to be Saturday, October 23rd. And then, of course, the big one that everyone has been talking about right after October 23rd, right after the Inspiration wins the TNA slash Impact Women's Tag Team Championships. Come out and see them. The big event. November 13th, 2021 in Long Island at the Marriott. And then, of course, November 14th, Showcase of Legend 6 up in Albany, New York. The girls are going to be there. I know Kelly. Kelly's going to be there. Tori Wilson's going to be there. The Godfather is going to be there. Um, uh, Tony Schiavone, Eric Bischoff. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, by the way, is on the one on the 23rd. He, he just popped into my head. Um, 
So, yeah, we're going to be there uh, taking pictures, kissing babies, seeing everyone from our Perched on the Top Rope listeners. So come out, meet the inspiration, meet Sonny Ono, meet Ultimo Dragon. It is not often that Ultimo Dragon does these signing appearances, especially now given the, uh, the fact that the times that we're in with COVID and the pandemic, Japan has severely clamped down on the, the people that they allow out of the state and then the the uh, conditions that you have to meet to go back to your home country of Japan. Uh, it's it's now a 10-day quarantine in a hotel, so you're away from your families and things like that. A lot of the talent, unless they're doing a long stretch like a, a Suzuki did for AEW, they really don't want to be doing that, so it's very hard to see a talent like a legend like uh, Ultimo Dragon. Not only that, but I know for a fact Lee is going to be interviewing Sonny Ono and Ultimo Dragon live from Albany. So be sure to catch that on a future Perched on the Top Rope interview on right here, wherever you're listening to us. Um, I know last week we started the Neil Pruitt interviews. The teasers have been going out. Uh, The interview is tremendous. It's literally uh, four hours long. Um, so I know it's going to be broken up into into different uh, segments for everyone because we don't want to overload and kill you. But it is each and every segment is, is, is was just top notch. Um, don't forget to catch all of Lee's interviews with Impact Wrestling. I know this week coming up, the inspiration is going to be in that press pool. Um, and Lee has been given strict instructions by the man himself right here, the ROB, that if he does get called on to make sure that they know that it is perched on the top rope. And we're looking forward to seeing them November 13th and 14th right here with perched on the top rope. But Alex, enough about all the signings we got going on. Where can everybody find us if they haven't already figured it out? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, perched on the top rope proudly brings to you its social media platforms. You can find us at Facebook at Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on TikTok and YouTube at the same name, Perched on the Top Rope. Twitter and Instagram, PTR, Perched Top Rope. If you look behind me, you can see I have the new Perched on the Top Rope logo inspired by our most recent interview with Neil Purrett, which you can find on YouTube, as Rob said. You can also find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. If you can't find us on that podcast channel, reach out to the Facebook page, message me or Lee. I'm very technically savvy and I can add our show to the app for you, man. You know, it's always that famous time of the day when we come to the close and that's because spoiler free is the way to be. We're out.